Hello, superstars. Welcome back to another episode, another installment of our Awesome Overflow series. This is Awesome Overflow for May of 2019. I'm joined by my dear friend and longtime sort of awesome co-host, Rebecca Hoffer. Rebecca, hello. Hi. Um, just a programming note. This is our last scheduled awesome overflow, uh, before my maternity break starts next month in June. Now, there may very well be sometimes that one or several of us pop in to the superstars feed to say hello or to drop a surprise episode, but this is the last one we have scheduled for a while. So don't feel like you're podcast um, feed is broken for the Superstars podcast. Although I know we've been having a ton of issues with it lately. Rebecca, have you noticed this? Well, I haven't been having problems, but I have seen that others have. No. And I guess it's become enough of an issue that Patreon has really tried to put together a whole step, uh, um, a whole series of steps to kind of troubleshoot um, and figure out what's going on. I personally listen to all of my Patreon bonus stuff in the Patreon app, because it's just an easy way to keep track of all of them. But I understand that for iPhone users, those who are using the native app have had some issues. And then Patreon and Android apps just have had a long history of not playing well together. So anyway, if you have been having a hard time, let us know and we'll see if we can help you get tuned back in because we definitely do not want any of you to miss any of our episodes that we've created just for you. Like that's sort of the whole point. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) All right. So as you know, on Awesome Overflow, we like to just kind of talk about the things that didn't, that maybe are awesome in our lives or maybe things that are happening in the lives of our family, just basically stuff that, um, doesn't make it onto the Friday show. And um, also I've been doing pregnancy updates. So Rebecca, I thought we would just go ahead and dive right in. Speaking of stuff that doesn't didn't make it on the show, do you have anything kind of rolling around that was pretty great, but not exactly awesome of the week? Yes. And that is the perfect description for what I have to share. I have been binge watching a show on Netflix that I've really been enjoying, but then every once in a while, I'm like, mm, is this show dumb? <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes the best, uh, the best binges are those where you're yes. like, okay, I'm not going to take this too seriously, but I'm here for what it's dishing out and I'm just along for the ride. So the series that I have been watching is called Rain, as in like kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not as in weather. R E I G N. <laughs> Yes. I feel like I started that show and I never finished it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So the way that I first came across this episode or the series is kind of funny because I have spoken highly on multiple occasions about the Royals on Amazon Prime, their video platform. Uh I really like that show. I have compared it to like a... English royal version of Gossip Girl. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) But maybe with the scandal even turned up a notch. So I I really like the royals. And I had an awesome reach out to me one time after I had mentioned the royals as an awesome of the week on the regular episodes. And she told me how much she was enjoying the show Rain and thanked me for mentioning it. And I 
I at first was like, oh, she just like wrote the word wrong. So I'm not even going to acknowledge it. But then I did go ahead and clarify. I said, did you mean the royals? And it turned out to be this utter mistake on her part where she thought like she looked up the wrong show and she was actually watching rain and somehow thought that it fit the description yes. that i was saying for the royals which it i mean it kind of doesn't like <laughs> but it was intriguing enough to her and then to me that she was like well maybe give rain a try like i think you might like it totally. so i i looked it up and then I I put it off for the longest time, but I was in kind of a binging slump, and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to try this. If it's anything at all similar to the Royals, maybe I will like it. Well, this show, it it is quite different from the Royals, although it does deal with royal families. So the first season, I think there's four or five seasons. The first season starts in the year 1557. Okay. And I never watch historical pieces like this i mean i watched downton abbey right but that's pretty much about it like it's not really my thing so i've really been enjoying it just from that perspective and i'll get into that a little bit more here but the show follows mary uh she's the queen of scots and it's as she's brought to the french court to marry prince francis whom she's been engaged to since they were six years old so the series is all about it's all about kingdoms and power and the French court and uh, the monarchy and having um, having an inheritance and having oh she was <laughs> what's it called when you an heir yeah. having an heir to the throne to the it's like all it's like all about that okay and so I really love the show for two reasons the first one being that there is this romantic element to it and i always love to have a bit of romance in the shows that i'm watching yes yes i do i do and there's there's quite a bit of that and in a lot in several different storylines so there's always something to kind of keep my interest there but then i also really do appreciate watching a show in this time period because it's so rare for me to do yeah and i find it so fascinating just how they handle well, everything like communication. I mean, obviously, there's no email, duh. But <laughs> yeah, you know, there's also no microphones, right? There's there's guns are like barely a thing that they're talking about now. I'm in season three, and they're like totally brand new. Mm-hmm. And so you have the the royal prince and princess or whatever and they're going out into the village and they're just standing there and talking loudly to a crowd rather than you know speaking into a microphone or having like a ton of like security around to you know there's no there's no people like standing guard you know the security that we would have today like obviously i mean obviously everybody watching this who watches any sort of like period piece stuff is gonna be like rebecca duh like welcome to (laughs) this time period but i just think it's interesting yeah yeah it is it's just a stark contrast from our lives today which you know obviously one storyline in particular that really stood out to me that i thought was just crazy and this is maybe a slight spoiler, but like nothing at all that you should be concerned about if you haven't seen the episode. But there was at one point this time when uh, the Queen of Scots was out in a different village that she normally wasn't traveling to. And nobody knew who she was mm-hmm. because they don't have photography. Yeah. 
Like, people literally did not know what she looked like. Right, right. And I find that so incredibly fascinating. I just can't imagine that today that you could have a famous person right there in your pub and have no idea. And so while she's sitting there, two people walk in pretending to be Mary, Queen of Scots, and Prince Francis, and they're just, like, conning everybody around them in all these neighboring villages into thinking that they are royalty because nobody knows what they look like to argue anything different. Right. Yeah, no, that's so fun. That's a fun thing they can do when you travel back in time, and that's your setting for sure. So I've been watching Rain on Netflix for a few months now. I I will watch it for a while, and then I'll give it a break. And then I have found myself watching something else, and then I, I think, well... I'm in the mood to just sit down and relax. What am I going to watch? And then I kind of think to myself, well, maybe I should go check in on those rain kids and see what they're up to today. And it's just kind of that type of show where you can kind of just pop in and out of it. Yes. And once you do establish kind of a connection with the characters, they just have a warm place in your heart. And you just want to pop in from time to time and catch up on them. So I've been enjoying it. So good. So fun. I think what happened is, like you said, it's one of those that you don't know. It's not like cliffhanger driven. You don't feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to watch the next episode. So I think I had been popping in and out and then I just popped out and (laughs) went back to it. But I do remember it being a perfectly charming, fun show. So yeah, good stuff. Rain on Netflix. Um, Yeah. I have two that were not quite um, great fits for Awesome of the Week. I'm just going to give them shout outs really quickly. The first one's a recipe which normally Kelly brings all of our good recipes to the show. This one is like a weird one to mention right now in the summer because it's really probably like a fall and winter recipe because it's a curry. But I made it a couple of weeks ago. We had a very cold, rainy cold snap a couple of weeks ago. And this just sounded really good. It's Thai chicken coconut curry from the uh, food blog Avery Cooks. If you've ever gotten recipes from there, but it's a pretty, pretty good, pretty solid, uh, food and recipe blog. Anyway, I picked this because I was just kind of in the mood for something curry, something warm. And then I happened to have some chicken on hand. You know, I've reformed my ways and I know every time you say it, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Anyway, this was such a great recipe. And the thing I loved about it the most is it was like a one skillet thing. You just start throwing things in there, cook it. You're going to use, I used, it calls for um, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, which I don't like. So I did boneless, skinless chicken thighs because that's what we had on hand. You could totally go either way on that. But then you just like cook it up with some, um, in some coconut oil with some onion. You throw in all of the spices that you normally would use for um, curry and it does cook down in coconut milk. So it has a really nice sweet taste. Everyone in my family loved it. It does call for Thai red curry paste, which I did not have on hand. So I didn't use. If you really like a spicy curry, then first of all, if you cook spicy curry, you probably do have that at home or something similar. I just left that out and it was still so delicious. It also has like a little bit of brown sugar in there. And so I think it was sweet enough that my kids super loved it. Um, it was very filling. Um, we served it over rice, but you could totally do it with like flatbread or whatever. So anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes. Again, it's Thai chicken coconut curry. 
you may not be in the mood for it right now as we get into the heat of summer, but maybe just bookmark it or put it on your Pinterest board for recipes to come back to. I think it sounds really good. Does it call for like the typical yellow curry powder? Is that and this red curry? Yes, it does. So you're going to use your your, uh, usual curry powder um, in it. But, well, I guess it says you could use either. Okay. So I did curry powder, but if you have curry, uh, like a red curry paste, that's going to have a little bit more heat to it. You could go with okay, that. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you don't know this about me, but I feel like I'm constantly wanting more curry in my life. But really? I'm scared to, to try different recipes. Yeah. And so I think I'll give this one a try. It sounds good. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Okay. The other one that I just want to give a shout out to really quickly. I have a thing a prejudice, you might even say, against celebrity podcasts. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a real, it. it's a real insecurity point for me. <laughs> you mean like they're famous and can create mediocre content and skyrocket to the top of the charts, no problem? <laughs> That's it. Yahtzee. Okay. You got it. <laughs> um, so I have been very reluctant to listen to any celebrity podcast, even though I there are people in my life whose taste I totally trust that are really into some of the bigger ones like Dax Shepard, um, David Tennant, who, you know, of Doctor Who fame and all kinds of other acting has one that's supposed to be very good. I haven't listened to, but one that people kept recommending to me that I finally checked out is Conan O'Brien's podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Okay. So this is a very, very, very specific recommendation. If you are of a certain age, like I am, and you watched Saturday Night Live in the 90s, and you watched The Simpsons in the 90s, and you remember staying up late to watch Conan O'Brien's original late night show that was very wacky and weird in a very specific sense of humor, then... I have to say, I think you will actually love Conan's podcast. It's pretty great. Um, I just, and, and it probably comes down to this. I just love Conan O'Brien. I think he's hilarious and I have loved him. There's a definitely a nostalgia factor because I've loved him and his style of comedy going back to The Simpsons and Saturday Night Live when he was a writer on both of those shows. Um, and I watched his late night show all through college and beyond. I still watch clips of it. I mean, I can't stay up that late anymore, but I watch clips of it on YouTube and stuff. So one specific episode I want to point you to, uh, if you're going to check out Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, it's a very recent one. It's with the comedian and actor Bill Hader, who was on Saturday Night Live more recently. And um, now he does that show on HBO Barry, which Kyle, my husband, totally loves. I've kind of caught a few episodes. Anyway, they the whole context of the show, Conan O'Brien needs a friend, is just like him bringing in people who are actually his friends. And they just talk. And he's got like a producer there and his assistant is there. And they just talk. And normally that would not be my thing. But again, I think that I just love Conan O'Brien so much that I've really enjoyed it. But this episode with Bill Hader, again, if you are a person who was into like sort of Saturday Night Live and remember all the old cast from the 90s, this episode with Bill Hader is a great listen. It totally takes you back in time to when Bill Hader was getting his comic career started. Um, they do a lot. They he, the two of them have a, a really similar sense of humor. So they do a lot of riffing off of each other. But one part that I found so touching 
It's a very funny episode, but there's one part that I, just as a person who creates stuff, really appreciated, is that, that both of them talked about how um, powerful it is to actually hear feedback from fans as you're creating something. Because oftentimes, you know, for them, it'll be like years later, people will be like, oh my gosh, look how it took Conan. Like, I, your comedy changed everything for me. I didn't know comedy could be like this. And it was like, I wish somebody would have told me that at the time. I thought I was, you know, out there dying every night. And they both kind of talk about their insecurities and the insecurity of creating something that you really genuinely love, but then maybe it doesn't get the response that you think it's going to. It doesn't land the way you think it's going to. But then later you find out that people totally loved it. Um, it was just really good, very vulnerable, but not in like a cheesy way. It was just very real talk. Hmm, um, it's interesting. So, yeah, it was really good. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that specific episode. There's a newer one out with Howard Stern. I haven't listened to, but I've heard it's fantastic too. So anyway, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, probably the only celebrity podcast you'll hear me recommend, and I'm only recommending it to the superstars. <laughs> we got the inside track. Yes. Okay, so you were telling me before we hit record on this, speaking of real life stuff, that you've had a thing happening where you're kind of like learning some life lessons right now. Well, yeah, and I don't have any notes about this, so I might be a little awkward in my presentation here because I'm not quite sure exactly what to say or how to say it. But the bottom line is that I studied theater in college, and I have not done theater since college. And so I've had some kind of big feelings and thoughts about that. And there's a lot of reasons why I never pursued theater after graduating. Part of it was, um, you know, just feeling the need to get more of a traditional job, something that would, you know, pay, <laughs> um, rather than going and doing community theater or moving to a big city to pursue acting. Uh, you know, I, pursued my husband instead and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was well worth the pursuit yes 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 don't don't read too much into that line but yeah i mean basically i chose to be with nate and i chose to i did work in some theaters uh but it was not on stage and i even had some plans of auditioning and seeing if i could get on the stage but ultimately at that point in my life my husband and I decided that we were really interested in growing up and starting our family. Mm -hmm. And we were very fortunate that we were able to do that at that time. So pretty much, rather than pursuing any kind of acting at all, I became a mom. I started my blog. You know, I, I feel like I kind of used some of those skills in other places here, certainly on Sort of Awesome, uh, being able to speak and talk in front of people. But... You know, there's always this kind of, you know, the theater, man, the stage was just so life-giving to me. And so as the years went by without me doing any acting, it just, I don't know. I It wasn't something that I was really mourning or grieving, but yet I kind of was choosing not to think about it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Oh, like if totally I really, yeah. if you really like sit and think about it, then you're kind of like, oh, yeah. And then the thing with with acting and probably there's lots of different areas in this too. Like other people may 
you know, relate to this in, with different things, but it's so vulnerable and giving of yourself. I I think for me, it's kind of easy for me to think, well, can I do that again? Sure. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, if I were to decide to audition for something, it, is acting even something I can do anymore? Like, it's been so long. Uh, for some context, you know, I graduated from college in 2004. 2004. So, you know, it's, you know, been like a long time mm-hmm. since I had done anything. And I was asked to be part of my church's Good Friday service this Easter. Yeah. And the concept was that multiple people would be standing alone on stage, taking turns, sharing a monologue from the perspective of somebody who had witnessed Jesus's uh, crucifixion. And I was assigned the role of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I really wanted to say no, which might sound weird from somebody who literally studied theater in school. Mm-hmm. But Meg, it was really scary to say yes. And I was looking at my calendar and I was like, well, surely I have like reasons why I can't do this. Like there's going to be a conflict. Like, let me, <laughs> let me yeah. see how I can get out of this. And I had a very busy week that week. She said she wanted the director wanted to rehearse at least one time beforehand. And I was like, OK, well, when are you going to rehearse? Because I can really only do it like this day. She's like, well, well we're going to do it this day and that'll work and i was like shoot that was supposed to be my out (laughs) and then when she replied with that i sat on that email for i don't know like over a week and i was like well i'm not going to respond because surely something else is going to come up that i'm going to be able to get out of this and not Mm -hmm. say yes but then i really did feel like god was telling me to just say yes do it there are so many people in my church, okay, I go to a pretty big church. It's it's a big church. But how many people have a theater background? You are being asked to do some theater for church. Say yeah. yes. What is your problem, Rebecca? Like, just say yes. So I did. I said yes, and I hated the whole thing. <laughs> I hated that I said yes. Even after I said yes, I tried to possibly get out of it, but it just, yeah, I, I, it just was a big deal. Yes. And I was so nervous about it. And I, like, we meet with a small group on a regular basis, and I humbly approached them and said, okay, well, this is my prayer request. I said yes, and I, this is a much bigger deal than I feel like it should be, but it's a huge deal to me and in my head. And I am just, like, even, Telling the story here now, I feel kind of like all these emotions again and like I could cry. Like it just was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. To act again was a big deal. And it kind of felt like tapping into my old self and mm. tapping into um, a, just a part of me that had just been closed off for so long. Yes. And it was so important to me. To do well, because I felt like it would just validate so much of my younger self. Mm-hmm. And yes. it it went well. It did go well. I did have a moment um, after the rehearsal process. You know, we practiced it a few times and 
getting ready to do it, perform it that night. We had another run through. And afterwards, I was like, okay, I really want to do well. I don't need to be like the best one on the stage, <laughs> but I don't want to be like a complete flop. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I had this moment where I was like, okay, Rebecca, this is like a big deal for you acting wise, but you're also like, you don't need people in this audience to come and tell you that you did well, because this is supposed to be about God. <laughs> this is supposed to be about Easter. Like, you need to check yourself and make sure that this isn't so much about you. Uh, yes. Yeah. And that was really humbling for me. And it was something that I honestly am still kind of, like, grappling with, this idea of when you create art or when you create anything and you're doing it for the church, this balance between wanting to do well and wanting to hear that you're doing well and that affirmation versus, like, well, it's all for the glory of God. You know, I mean, and I <laughs> I, I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> It's well, just, a complex we'll issue. Pretend like you didn't roll your eyes when you said that. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not rolling my eyes. I but know, like, I'm teasing you. But you know what I mean, right? I do. I totally it's do. It's complicated. Yes. And I yeah. think the whole thing, I've seen other people battle with this in other areas, like uh, like public speakers or oh, authors. Yeah. Of yeah. Like, you know, they write a book or they're, they feel led to go and do the conference circuit or speak to mom's groups or Bible studies and uh, this whole conflict of being paid for that work versus ministry. And when your work is ministry, and I could get into a whole thing of that um, with my husband, you know, being in charge of a nonprofit and all that stuff. But ultimately, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I was feeling so vulnerable and so conflicted with self-doubt about this part of me that I had not allowed myself to explore in over a decade. But I said yes. It went well. I did receive some compliments from the audience, whether they were <laughs> supposed to go to me or go to God, whatever. Either way, <laughs> it went well. Um, and I, I guess I'm now like trying to reassess what that means for me or for my interests, because I kind of had placed acting in this box of Mm -hmm. that's something that I used to do, but I haven't done in X amount of years Mm -hmm. because I've chosen to do other things. And so now what does it mean to not be able to say that anymore? Because now I've, I've done it. And as my husband has warned me, um, now you will be asked to do this again. Like now, now the church knows you can do it. <laughs> Your secret is out, my friend. Yeah. But it kind of makes me wonder how many people are walking around with their own secrets mm-hmm. like that, you know, like their own things, their own talents, their own dreams um, that they have kind of put away in a box that they think about with fondness. But for whatever reason, they're not like opening up and they're mm-hmm. not currently living in yeah i I don't know well those are very good and timely thoughts considering we are preparing to record episode 200 of sort of awesome which is really diving into the idea of having not really not intentionally secret talents but things that you maybe keep a little hidden or you don't you know give much attention to but are actually really strong Strengths for you. Strong strengths? Is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. Let's go with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that story. I totally relate to what you're saying about 
should I even want to get affirmation on this? I struggled with that when a bazillion years ago when we released um, Spirit Led Parenting, which is a book about parenting, but definitely from a Christian point of view. And just feeling really conflicted about like everything, like even when I would struggle when I was writing it, just being like, um, I need to like not feel like I had, you know, feel like I'm showing off my writing because this is supposed to be for, you know, bring a message that's really centered in Christianity and really trying to navigate through that. Then ultimately seeing it as it's like both. You're both doing something that conveys a message that pertains to your faith, but you're using a talent that God gave you. So it's a really great interweaving of those things. So anyway, I can't wait to see where this goes. We'll see what's ah, Even you just saying that like freaks me out. I don't, it's not going to go anywhere. I don't know. I'm still just like recording podcasts in my closet with dirty laundry at my feet. <sighs> I don't know. It, we'll see. Yeah. Sometimes talents or dreams or aspirations can just feel too scary to pursue, you know? And I think that acting has always been that for me. Like, this is, it's just not, and acting is, like, notorious for, like, not being a safe path. Oh, yeah. You totally. know, like, everybody says, well, if you, there's anything else in life you can do, do that instead. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing that instead. You're doing, like, uh, literally everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but I don't know. I guess I'm, I would really love to continue this conversation with the superstars and just hear from other people who, yeah, like I said, maybe have some, some things kind of tied up in a pretty little bow hiding away in a closet and their thoughts and feelings on all of that. Cause this definitely brought up some thoughts and feelings that I was not expecting to be tapping into in 2019. So, well, and bless your heart. That was all happening when the faith episode came out and that, brought up a lot of feelings too you had a very emotional week around easter it was in april april was the worst it was like so hard for me in so many ways it was a very very busy time for me just project wise schedule wise you know family birthdays and like all the stuff that goes into that the preparation for recording that faith-based episode was really a doozy and then it came out the day that i was came out on good friday yeah it came when I did this performance, which I just went through and explained how vulnerable I felt doing this performance, but it was a huge vulnerability for me yeah. to, to do it. And then the episode, Oh goodness sakes. Yeah. I just kind of want to just like go to bed. <laughs> I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that's right. So, okay. Well, I guess really the only thing there is left to do is to do a quick pregnancy update. <laughs> Yay! So, baby, baby. <laughs> I don't remember the words. <laughs> oh, baby, baby. Yep, that's how it goes. That's pretty much all you need to know about that song right there. <laughs> um. Okay. So as we're recording, I'm 34 weeks. Um. I took delight in freaking out everyone in my family, especially Kyle, when I reminded them all last night. Now, you know, hopefully, and all goes as planned, we have five weeks left. Um, But let's all not forget that the twins were born in 35 weeks. And so that would be like next week. And everyone's like, what? Is that going to happen? You know, what's so funny is I always forget. So AJ was five when the twins were born. She was such a precocious five and like 
so see, has always from the time she was a baby seemed so much older than her actual age, but she was only five. And there is so much that she does not remember. So she was like, why were they born? She literally was like, why were they born so early? What happened? And so I kind of went back and traced through that they, um, had this growth discordance and it had gotten to the point where it was dangerous because Mac, who was twin B, was stealing all the nutrients from twin A, who is John Kyle. And so we had to go ahead and have them be born. And it was just so funny too to think about that now. Mac has always been bigger than John Kyle. <laughs> and he definitely can still eat more than John Kyle <laughs> still to this day eats like a bird. I'm like, how does this child even survive? Um, so anyway, that's okay. But you, but you didn't go into spontaneous labor early with the twins. I have literally never gone into labor on my own. Um, with Daisy, I did have my membrane stripped and it was a, it took about, I don't know, probably eight hours after that for me to actually go into labor. So I guess you could kind of say that, although there was some intervention, and I was like 41 and a half weeks pregnant at that point. Okay, so you don't exactly have a history of going no. early. Although, yeah, technically with the twins, yes, of course, you did go early. Right. But they were also twins. Yes. And that's why I'm saying there was ex- yeah. there were extenuating circumstances. I have no reason to believe that I'll go into labor on my own with this baby, but that's possible. So, well, yes, this- I mean, you, truly, you really just do never know. You never know. Every baby, every pregnancy is different. But that was, I took delight in that because these are things that weigh on my mind that the rest of my family's just living their lives. <laughs> but I will say this, when I, when we went to the hospital, like, so we went to the hospital to do the testing and that day they were like, okay, you're going to have the babies tonight. Um, I didn't have my bag packed and we didn't have the bassinet set up. Now, we do still need to set up the bassinet for this baby. But I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pack my bag <laughs> just in case. It may even be like one of those things where because now I am overprepared, I am uh, just kind of guaranteeing that we won't have the baby early. But I feel really good about that. I'm not a pre-packer, pre-planner, but I have my bag packed and ready to go. No, so that is great. great. That yeah. that that is a good move. Yeah. I I feel like even if yes, even if you don't need your bag packed this early, it's one less thing that you have to do at any point. And you kind of have a lot that you're trying to do before this baby is born. <laughs> Today as we're recording, it you you guys will hear this next week. It'll be so yeah, we're a week behind from where you're listening to this. But Today is the day that we did the sort of awesome virtual shower, which was amazing and lovely. Everybody has been so incredibly generous. I'm like, I don't know what we would do without our awesomes because you guys are giving us the best start on bringing this baby home because we had literally nothing. So (laughs) I'm so thankful for our awesome community. So that was this morning. And then this evening is Daisy's. Uh, my oldest eighth grade graduation, she, along with two of her classmates and close friends, all tied for top graduate in their class. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That means all three of them are giving a speech tonight at graduation. And so the past, really over the weekend, but the past week has been very, 
I have, I pick up a lot of her stress and anxiety in a very empathetic way. So we've been stressing over this speech and then she finally finished it last night. She's giving the speech tonight. Um, and so, you know, we've been preparing for that. I took her to the mall on, over the weekend to try to find a pretty dress for graduation because they don't have, they don't do the cap and gown thing. And Rebecca, let me prepare you for the fact. I know that Grace is still in sweet little girl clothes. Uh, when you hit the juniors department, it's a dumpster fire of <laughs> oh, poor <no>. taste, <laughs> poor taste, poor construction. Just, I was like, these are bar clothes. And I said that in the middle of Macy's in the like juniors dress department. And I was like, these look like people are going to be going out to the bar. Where are just like normal, nice, pretty dresses. So we walked all over the mall, which is not my favorite thing to do. We ended up at J crew and she got a very lovely, um, linen romper. Okay. So like a, you know, romper jumpsuit, whatever we're calling them. Um, it has little spaghetti straps. It's long, uh, wide legged. It's very lovely and very tasteful. And by the time we got to J crew, I was like, I don't even care. Just pick something, please. So anyway, that all worked out, but that was a whole thing. So I just, it's this weird juxtaposition in that we have all of these big kid family life things happening. And then we're also, I'm also like washing baby clothes and packing my hospital bag. And I just can't get over how surreal it is. (laughs) So that's a, that's a big thing about family life right now, for sure. But um, pregnancy-wise, everything's going great. I am on weekly appointments because of the gestational diabetes. So every week I have an ultrasound and a doctor's appointment, which I can't complain. I'm thankful for the care that we've received here. It's the same practice and same hospital that delivered the twins. So I've already had one high-risk pregnancy there, and now... (laughs) Now this one. Um, So I'm in there a lot, but I really do like all of my care providers. Um, But everything looks great. And yeah, we're just, we're in the home stretch. It's incredible. And how are you feeling diet-wise with the gestational diabetes? Has this been a struggle? Are you hungry a lot or anything like that? I am, you know, uh, most... A lot of women, I think, experience a sort of slowdown in appetite in the third trimester, at least I have. Um, You don't have a lot of stomach, actual stomach real estate left. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Everything's so squished. (laughs) Yeah. But I am, that's been hard. I just feel like I've just been eating the same stuff over and over. All of the meats and cheeses and all the proteins, eggs. I'm like so sick of eggs. (laughs) I know they're really good in pregnancy and I've eaten a lot of them. Um, so there's that it's, I'm just kind of ready to be done because I, and I know here's the, here's the sort of like bad combination. I am just so tired and have such limited energy that I don't have the energy to like be like, oh, let me try this new recipe I found on Pinterest or this new one. I'm just like, I am so tired. I'm just going to eat whatever is fast. But I find that I'm eating a lot of the same things and have been for a few weeks. So now I'm just like, ugh, nothing sounds good. So yeah, I think that's relatable. But you kind of just like, well, let's just push through here to the end. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. Well, but you haven't been complaining about it. So it sounds like you're, I mean... I haven't heard you complain about it. 
I try not to. I've really, I mean, there, I, and also, you know, just physically, I'm getting to the point where there's lots of aches and pains. By the end of the day, my hips and back hurt so bad. I'm just, it's just a lot of baby to cart around and I'm just old too. So there's that. But genuinely, um, I've just really been so grateful for every, for all the way things have played out with this pregnancy. So how are you? Try to keep the complaining turned down a little. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of you. You're a better person than I am. How how are you feeling about your maternity leave here from Awesome? You've been doing a lot of recording. (laughs) When we first started Sort of Awesome, if there was any week that I had like three recordings, I was like, that's it. I'm maxed out. I can never do this because it's not just sitting behind the mic, which is wonderful. And I love it. There's prep work that goes into it. And of course, then there's post-production stuff. Um, but for weeks and weeks, I've been doing sometimes five or six recordings a week. And that's a lot of talking, Rebecca, even for me. <laughs> I can't imagine. I really can't. Now, it's a I, lot. I have loved doing these um, stories, the story series that we're doing. I cannot wait for you all to, to hear the stories. Um, it has been so much fun to get to talk to some of our superstars and to hear stories. I think this series is going to turn out amazingly well. Um, but it has been a lot, way more than I'm used to. Now, the good thing is for all of those episodes that will be Friday episodes, I can ship those out to our editor. So I've just been handing them off to him. Um, so and now we've wrapped up the extra awesome series. So that will be, you know, cause I do edit those and I mean, it doesn't take that long, but it's just kind of one more thing on the to-do list. And so the only thing that I'm kind of nervous about, and I've told you and Kelly, I'm a little nervous about this is just getting the ads recorded, which, um, my, my point person at Wondery has assured me that she's going to try to get me all the copy through the end of July so I can pre-record those. It hasn't happened yet. And it's the end of May. Um, so I feel a little nervous about that, even though we've been in communication about it. So I feel really good about the actual episodes themselves. I am nervous about getting everything loaded and, you know, ready to drop every Friday. So yes, because that's that's like the, that's the one thing that you still are doing in real time. Yes, absolutely. I record fresh ads every single week. Um, put put those in. Now that we have the Stitcher premium feed, I'm loading an ad-free version over there and then uh, loading the episodes with ads for the regular feed, writing all the show notes. All of that I do really in real time the week that the episode drops, usually on Thursday before it drops. So, um, yeah, I feel a little nervous because that's the main thing that I'm still like, I'd like to get everything like polished, scheduled in the can, like on autopilot, but I'm still waiting on some stuff on Wondery's end. So we'll see. But I'm very, very, very excited about the stories. They're going to be really good, you guys. I can't wait to hear them. And, you know, we have like the best audience in the world. And so they're going to be just oh so gracious with you, with us, if we have some bumps in the road, some delays from here here and there. It's going to – I am super impressed with all the work that you've put in to take a maternity leave. Yeah. 
It's been a lot. <laughs> my my Enneagram Ninus, you all have heard me say this on the show, and I didn't even come up with this. I heard Suzanne Stabile talk about this quite a bit as an Enneagram teacher that nines have the lowest energy. My my energy well is quite dry. <laughs> I've really been really maxing out that uh, that energy level. So I mean, thankfully, it is work that is very energizing to me. Again, I love getting behind the mic. And I love hearing people's stories. If I weren't doing that kind of work, you know, to prepare, I mean, all of we'll have, by the time we finish our recordings, we'll have everything lined out and recorded through the middle of August. So that's a lot of episodes. Um, if it was doing any other kind of work, I think I would be just like crawling under the covers and hiding for a while. But the fact that it is the kind of work that I super love has been very helpful. So, yeah. Well, I applaud you. It is really remarkable. It Thank is. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? Did we miss anything? Did we cover all the ground we were going to cover? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So superstars, again, like I said, this is our last scheduled one. I do have some ideas percolating um, around for, you know, maybe we can pop in with some surprises over the summer. We do hope that you'll continue to support Sort of Awesome through the summer. The Superstars Hangout group will be totally open. And of course, as long as you're a supporter, you will have access to our entire um, back catalog of Superstar episodes. So all of the things that we have um, offered as thank yous to you guys for supporting the show. All of that will still be there. Um, so we just genuinely appreciate your support so much. It has made a huge, huge difference in the back end operations for the show. So thank you so much for being a superstar. And it feels weird. I'm like, I don't know how to say see you in August. <laughs> I'll definitely, <laughs> definitely still be around. But it feels weird to know that like this is the last one on our schedule for a while. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say either. See you in August. <laughs> I don't know. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Okay, well, you guys, thank you so much for supporting, um, supporting sort of awesome through Patreon. Rebecca, just as a quick reminder, where can people find you if they want to talk about going back to acting or the new Bachelorette season, which I'm sure oh, my word, yes, will be talk burning up Fox are talking about. Yes. Yes. No spoilers. No spoilers. But okay. you can find me, you know, everywhere I'm at Simply Rebecca. So simplyrebecca.com, Simply Rebecca on Facebook and Instagram, in the Hangout groups. Just track me down. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm pretty simple to find on social media, too, just at Sort of Awesome Meg and all the places. Um, you guys, if you have not joined our Superstars Facebook group, we would really love to have you. It is smaller. It's more intimate. It We can really dig into conversations over there. It feels like a really nice, close-knit group, even though there's 500 of us. You don't think of 500 as being a close-knit group, but there's really a very cozy vibe there. So if you haven't joined us there, facebook.com slash group slash SA Superstars. The only thing that you need to get into the group is the email connected to your Patreon account so we can just verify that you are, in fact, a superstar. So thank you guys for listening. I hope that the summer ahead is truly wonderful. And once again, thank you for your support. And we'll see y'all around here sometime. Instead, <laughs> instead of next time, get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next time.